0: Inside Syracuse Basketball with Mike Waters, presented by Syracuse.com. College basketball is a great thing. Anything can happen. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by former Syracuse standout Trevor Cooney. Cooney played at Syracuse from 2012 to 2016 and is the only player in school history to appear in two Final Fours. I talked with Trevor about his SU career, the time when Jim Beheim was ejected from a game against Duke, and what Beheim said to the team at halftime of the Elite Eight game against Virginia
1: in 2016.
0: How are you, Trevor?
1: I'm doing good, Mike. Good to see you, man. Thank you for having me.
0: This will be great fun. The one thing I always associate with you is you're the only Syracuse player to actually play in two Final Fours. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, when you consider this program's history, and there's been a few Final Four runs, you played in both 2013 and 2016. You're the only guy in Syracuse history to play in two Final Fours. That's amazing.
1: It is. It really is. I mean, when it comes to March in that tournament, um, getting hot at the right time and, and having a good group of guys and some great coaches definitely helps. And uh, we were able to do that twice, which is which is unbelievable.
0: Why don't we go ahead and we start out with them? Because uh, uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. In in 2013, you were a red shirt freshman. Mm-hmm. You were uh, you had a, a you know a significant role, I would say, coming off the bench on that year's team. Um, and you played in that final four game against Michigan. What what was uh, you know, take me back to that tournament run, if you
1: could? Um, I mean, I think it I think it started in the Big East tournament. Really, um, we were playing okay towards the end of the year. Um, and then we were able to to win a couple games in that Big East tournament, um, which was which was awesome because it was our our last uh, I'm pretty sure our last Big East tournament. Um, we were able to to beat Georgetown and then get to uh, get to the finals against Louisville and we were up twenty some in that Big East championship. And then um, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit for us. Um, and then next to you know it, it was a close game and then we were down. Uh, and then we lost it. Um, and that, that one hurt. But, I mean, we, we kind of came together during that big East run um, and then knew what kind of type of team we could. Um, and I think that loss to Louisville might have helped us, really. Um, and then we were able to to get the four seed. And were we in the East? I want to say we were in the
0: East. You went to San Jose first. And then you came back to Washington, D.C., where you played yes. Indiana and Marquette. I remember that. Yes
1: so we were in the east and, and we had an okay draw into it um and i remember getting to that indiana game um and just just scouting them i mean that was a really really good indiana team that they had um and then we played marquette um but i mean it was just a great group of guys i mean white card williams and trish had an unbelievable year um they were they were great for us all season um, James Sutherland was unbelievable. Um, CJ fair rock by, I mean, we just had a great group of guys. Um, I mean, I would come in and, and help defensively and give those guys, Mike and Trisha break every once in a while. Um, and that was kind of what I did all year, which was good. I mean, those guys were, were unbelievable. Um, and then get into that Michigan game, I mean, obviously not the ending that, that we wanted or what I wanted, but, um, it was, it was a tough game. We were right there towards the end. Um, I mean, and that's all you can ask for, really, is just to have a chance, um, which we did.
0: I thought you guys had a chance of beating Michigan. I really thought we were going to get another Syracuse-Louisville matchup for the championship game. And then this guy named Spike Albrick mm. comes off the bench, and, and you know, I, I forget how many threes he made, but it was the kind of contributions you just don't expect to, to see the other team have. Other than that, you guys were down one with 40 seconds to go. Um, I, I really thought you guys were going to –
1: make it to the title game i did too i mean that michigan team was was really really good they were young um and we we stopped a lot of the shooters that that we thought were going to hurt us um and obviously spike was one of them but he came out and and he made some tough ones against us um and then that happens um within the two three zone but i mean overall i thought our defense that game was good um i thought we had a great plan going into it um but I mean, came down to a couple possessions towards the end and we just just couldn't get it done.
0: Was it a different feeling for you uh four years later when you were a senior when you went back to the final four in twenty sixteen?
1: Uh absolutely. I mean, uh, that that freshman I mean, that freshman year for me was um I was still getting into it. I mean, I was a younger guy on the team. Um and look to those other guys for leadership as well um and then four years later i mean i kind of i mean i was one of the captains on the team i was older i was playing 40 minutes a game close to it um so i mean it was just a completely different role for myself going into the second final four than it was going into the first one um and i felt going into the second one i mean obviously i had one under my belt and a couple other uh tournament appearances um and I felt just fully prepared for, for that game and, and that moment that comes with it. Um, so I was able to, to help guys out like Malachi and, and Tyler Lydon that have not been there before. Um, so, I mean, that first run, I mean, it, it was great to get to the Final Four. I mean, obviously it hurt uh, to lose and to lose the way that we did. Um, but, I mean, it, it definitely helped uh, myself become the leader that I was for that second run.
0: You know, okay. Well, I want to ask you a few more about that 2016 run, but we'll table it for now. Let's start at the beginning. Why did you go to Syracuse?
1: Uh, growing up, um, I started taking basketball really seriously in middle school, um, and to play college basketball was was the ultimate goal. Um, and growing up, uh, always watched the Big East. Uh, living in Wilmington, Delaware, those are the games on ESPN that you would get. You would get the, all, the, um, all the Big East matchups all the time. And, and those are the schools that you followed. You followed Villanova. You followed Louisville. You followed Georgetown and St. John's and Syracuse. So those are the games that you watched. Um, and I was not a Syracuse fan growing up. Um, but I did like Jerry, and I always watched Jerry's games. And then would always watch guys like Devo um, and stuff like that coming up. Um, and my dream was to go to a school that was a basketball school. Um, and there's only a handful of those in the country. Um, like your Duke, your North Carolina's your Kansas. Um, and so that's where I always wanted to go. And then, um, Syracuse calls. And then I head up to the dome for a game and I just fell in love with the place. Um, I loved everything. Syracuse had as a program I love the the city and and the fans and the people that supported it um it just seemed like the perfect spot um and especially for myself wanting to go to a basketball school and a great program I mean it it fit everything um and I pretty much I mean I remember I told my parents on the way home that I, I was going to Syracuse um really oh yeah I right away right when I was up there and I saw the dome I went to um must have been 2010 or maybe 2009. It was uh, Villanova game at home. Uh, easily 30,000 people there, um, and that was the game. Uh, Derek Coleman put me in a headlock after the game, and said, "How can you? How can you go anywhere else?"
0: Because he asked cool.
1: me. He, he calmly asked, "Yeah, he calmly asked me." <laughs> Uh, what other schools were recruiting me? And obviously I, I grew up in, in Delaware. So, I mean, I knew Derek Coleman from the Sixers and, and stuff like that. Um, so here I am talking to this guy and I'm like, wow, man, he's, he's he really cares. He's, he's asked me some questions. And then he looks at me and goes, why the hell would you go anywhere else? And then he puts me in a headlock and goes, look around, this place is packed. And that was it. Um, and obviously Derek Coleman is a pretty big guy. So, um, it was a hell of a headlock.
0: Well, now we know how Syracuse needs to go after all their key recruits. Um, They just got to send Derek out there. Yeah,
1: that that definitely helps. Definitely (laughs) helps.
0: Um, So you come to SU because Derek made you. Uh, You redshirted your freshman year. You know, and a lot of guys resist the whole redshirt thing. You know, some guys Mm -hmm. have to be talked into it, and some guys can't be talked into it. You did it. You know, and mm-hmm. I thought it really helped you out your your whole career. I mean, you don't you don't go to the Final Four in twenty sixteen if if you're not a fifth year senior. But what went? What was that decision making process like for you? Was it a tough decision?
1: Uh, it was. It was not when it came down to it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, being recruited and going to Syracuse, it was always uh, the four year plan. Being a program guy, um, kind of trusting the process of it, looking at the big picture of things. Um, and I know to, to come into college basketball and, and to make an impact as a freshman or a sophomore is, is a tough thing to do, um, especially at a program like Syracuse. Um, and when I was being recruited, it was unsure whether a guy like Deion Weeders was going to be one and done or whether he was going to stick around. Um, so Deion ends up sticking around. So, I mean, you add another body at the, at the guard position. So I knew kind of when Deion stayed that – I probably was not going to play much as a freshman. And if I did play, we were probably going to be up 20 or down 20. Um, so when, when coach came to me um, kind of at the start of the season and talked to me about it, I knew right away, because, I mean, I've talked with my brother and my dad about the possibility of it. And it was kind of a no-brainer at the time. Because, um, I, I mean, I could see the writing on the wall with, with some of the guys, and especially during practice, um, that really my minutes were not going to be at high at all freshman year and uh, and I knew that and I and I was completely fine with with taking a step back and taking that year off and it was tough at first I mean obviously um, you go to college to to play and, and to be a part of the team um, but I kind of I kind of trust the process of it um, with Hop and with GMAC um, just to get better and, and get stronger. And then to to have that fifth year um, and the possibility of, of playing more. So I traded a, a year when I wasn't going to play at all for a year where I played probably 37, 38 minutes a game. So yeah. So i trade <laughs> any day. Absolutely.
0: I get it. You know, uh, your sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year, uh, 2014 season, that's the one where you guys started 25-0. and Mm-hmm. And, you know, a part of that 25-0 and start was the Tyler Ennis shot at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point in the season, you know, what are you guys thinking? Are you thinking, yeah, we're going right back to the final four where we were a year ago? This is or you know, I don't know, where where were you guys at right about then?
1: Uh that was that was a uh, a fun year. That was a great group that we had. Um, I mean, we had we had younger guys, we had guys that have been there for a couple of years, we had CJ, um, by that were seniors. Um so, I mean, we just had a great group and we played well. Uh, I mean, obviously coming into the year, um, a guy like, like Tyler was definitely heavy, heavily recruited, but wasn't a guy that was a guaranteed one and done, was up there for All-American, this and that. Um, so he definitely surprised a lot. Um, and you don't know what you're going to get out of a freshman point guard, really. Um, so for him to come in and, and take that role on, uh, I mean, he, he made us, obviously, who, who we were that year, as well as CJ. Um, I mean, those guys were, were great for us, but I mean, we just clicked, we just, we just played well offensively as a group. And, and I think our two, three that year was, was really good. I mean, we had guys like CJ and Jeremy and rock. They could just get to any spot in that. And then Tyler, I, and, 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 and Mike were, were really good up top in keeping people in front and contesting shots. Um, and it was just, just a good group, um, and so, yeah, of course, those things come to mind when you, when you start getting up into, into the 20s and 0s, um, which we were. Um, but uh, we just never – we never lost. And so losing to Boston College at home towards the end of the year was, was tough for us because um, we just yeah. never had that feeling before. Um, and, and we bounced back as best as we could, but that was a tough stretch for us I mean to to go number one in the country for a while to win the big games that we did and how we did it um, on the road game winner and in uh, in Pittsburgh to beat Duke at home. Uh, I mean those were some really really big wins for us. Um, And then towards the end it was it was it was tough it was tough for us to to get back into it. Um, And then we ran into a a a tough Dayton team that year Um, that was that was really really good. Um, they had a great plan against us, and we just did not play well that game.
0: You know, we can't escape that season without me asking you about the, the game down at Duke. And CJ mm-hmm. goes baseline and, mm-hmm. you know, gets called for the charge with Rodney Hood, and Jim Beheim gets tossed out. Rejected, mm-hmm. too technical. What, what was your perspective of the play and then Coach Beheim's reaction?
1: Uh, it, it happened it happened so fast um, to where I remember I was in the corner and when CJ drove I moved up and then it was like an n1 I remember being like right around CJ to where it was like we're gonna take the lead here almost and then it just all happens and then you see the charge call and then um, I mean we I just it, felt like we probably weren't getting many calls. I think it was our first time in Cameron, um, yeah. and it just wasn't going our way that game, and I think coach felt like he had to, to make a point. Um, no one on our team felt like he crossed the line with it. Um, <laughs> he felt like he, had, he, had, he did what he had to do with it. Um, and then it was just it was a tough game. it really was. Um, but I mean obviously it was, it was a block, and it was an N1. And everyone knows it. Um, so, but yeah, it was it was it was fun and interesting to be a part of. Uh, never been a part of something like that um, where it just swung the a, a complete different way uh, within seconds. Um, what, was yeah, the, that, what
0: was it like in the locker room after, or even on the bus, or whatever? I
1: mean, Jim Beheim was never it,
0: tossed out of a regulation game before.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got you don't toss Beheim out of a game, uh, but I mean. It, it it was just, it was, uh, it was unbelievable is what it was. Um, because obviously you're at the, you're at the mecca of college basketball. Um, you're playing your first game there um, and you think you can get away with a win, which is one of the toughest places to get a win in college basketball. Um, so you're, you're right there. And then all of a sudden you have that ending and it was just kind of a, that didn't happen moment type of a thing. Um, and it definitely took a day or so for that all to to settle in, to understand kind of what happened at that time, um, because it was it was unbelievable.
0: And of course, now that's been turned into a meme. Uh, you know, Jim Beheim with the jacket half off is maybe one of the most popular memes in Syracuse basketball history.
1: Absolutely. It's got to be up there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the next year, 2015, you know, the one thing that stands out to me in 2015 is, you know, that's the year the NCAA's investigation is coming down. And the school put the self-imposed ban on the program, I don't know, somewhere around late January, early February. And I always felt really bad for Rakeem Christmas because he was the big right. senior on that team. And a self-imposed ban means you, you're not going to the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know you and Raheem were close. You guys played AAU ball together and came to Syracuse in the same class. Um, mm-hmm. You know what was what was your reaction? What was some of the players' reactions to that self-imposed ban when it happened?
1: That was the toughest part. I mean, Rock was our only senior. Um, he was a guy that that I mean came through the program. He worked his he worked his ass off all four years to get to that senior year. To, to be a double-double guy in the ACC. Like he did everything and he deserved everything. Um, and to have that ending, um, and my thing with college basketball, everything is about opportunities. Um, and the, the best team does not always win. You have to just be the best team for those two hours of that game that's going on. Um, and the following year speaks for that. Um, and to, to have opportunities taken away from you for those reasons, it, it didn't. It didn't make sense to anyone um, that was on the team because, I mean, I, were we guaranteed to make the tournament? Absolutely not. Um, but we were a bubble team to where we were one or two wins away from being in. Um, and you and you never know. You really don't. Um, Could have went down to the ACC tournament, which we have not played well at, and played well. And that opportunity was taken away from us. Um, and that was the, the hardest part about it because it wasn't something that someone on the team did. Um, and that's why it was, it was hard for us to, to comprehend that this season was, was ending the way it did because none of us did anything. Um, so that was definitely a, a interesting year. And especially uh, you, you take the band, I think we had maybe like five or six games left for that season um, and you could feel it. I've those. I remember those last couple of home games. Uh, it was like the the dome was just inflated, um, to where everyone everyone came out to watch us and everyone came out to support us. But you knew we weren't going anywhere. Um, and it, they were just. It was just tough. They were tough times to get through. Um, it really was. It was. A, it was a weird weird feeling um, with that year just ending. Um, because at Syracuse, you 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 go there to have an opportunity to play conference tournaments and NCAA tournaments, and to to have all of it just end um, was was very strange. Yeah.
0: Well, let's move on to a happier subject. Your senior year, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to jump right to the tournament, man. I mean, um, first round, you get a, you get a shot at the team that knocked you out a couple years before. Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of sweet, right? You beat Dayton. It was, and it was kind of reversed. Um, we were we were the 10 seed, they were the seven seed, um, they were the higher seed coming into it. Um, and that was that was a game that I really wanted. Um, because <laughs> I felt like Dayton got us when we really had a chance. Um uh, so I really that one really stood out to me. And I was it's it's kind of funny how things work uh mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and you get the draws that you get. Um, but we played really, really well that game. Um, and that was a year where it was a complete roller coaster. Um, didn't really know going into the year what we were going to be. Uh, we had Mike and I. Um, and then we had a bunch of young guys. Um, and really had no idea, but those young guys could really, really play. Um, and, and Mike was so solid for us all year. <laughs> I mean, he had I mean, one of the better years that that I've seen, really um and so i mean we just we just put it together um we were a team that just just kept fighting and kept staying in games and kept figuring out ways um and we learned a lot throughout that year i mean we had we had games where we had leads and we lost it we had games where we were down and got back in um we had a couple of games at the end where we were able to plays and and win um so that team went through it all during that course of that year um, and I know that's not easy on, on fans, but um, when it comes to the team and some of the other things, you have to go through those experiences to, to learn. Um, and then hopefully come tournament time, you, you can feed off those things and they help you. Um, and for us, it really did. Um, we were able to, to come together as a group and, and learn a lot. Um, so when the tournament came, we just went out and played. Um, and and our, our defense during that time was, was really, really good. Um, so we were able to get Dayton back and beat them and move on. Um, and, and Michigan State was the two seed in that in that tournament, which I watched all year long. They had a really really good team, um, and okay. a team that could really really shoot the ball. Um, so I know once we beat Dayton, um, it was kind of on to Michigan State. I think that game might have they might have played first. No, Michigan State played
0: after you. And the only reason they I know played- that. As I was writing my game story from your win over Dayton, and I'm in the media workroom, and That's we're right looking did, up at yeah. the TVs and we keep hearing the crowd noise from the arena. And we're like, what's going on out there? And we looked up at the TV screen and we saw a score that middle Tennessee State was ahead. And we mm-hmm. ran back out to our seats. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden, you know, we we thought Michigan State was going to wipe the floor with Middle Tennessee and Mm -hmm. you guys were going to end up playing Michigan State. And then all of a sudden we we wanted to see the end of the game. So I remember uh, running back out there.
1: Yeah, Michigan State, they were the favorite to win it all that year. I'm almost positive. Um, Yeah, no, I remember that game. I mean, uh, Middle Tennessee State, they they made a lot of shots and, and had some shooters on the team. So I knew uh, once we started to scout them a little bit, um, you knew that they were they were not your average, um, middle of the pack team. They were they were a good team. They had a lot of wins that year, um, winning their conference. Had some older guys on the team. They they were a very talented team. Um, I remember uh, the next day I was reading an article in the paper, and it was I forget the player that that said it, but I remember. He was saying how they were going to to beat us because we played the 2-3 zone and that they played well against zones and could easily figure it out. And I knew right then um, that this team was going to struggle against us. Um, And they did. If you go back and watch that game, I mean, they just passed the ball around Um, They had not a clue in the world what to do on offense against it. Um, And a lot of teams, if you look back at at some players that have said that about the 2-3 zone, those guys do not play well, and those teams do not play well against it. Um, And so, I mean, we were able just to roll over them, um, really, and uh, get to that Sweet 16, uh, which was Gonzaga, who I thought we were going to play in the Bahamas in the beginning of the year, but I think they ended up losing to somebody um well who did but you, they were a really good I team understand. they were a team that
0: was not an 11 seed right yeah that Gonzaga yep. game Trevor you know, if Eric Devendorf has the most famous shot that wasn't in Syracuse history with the shot that was disallowed in 2009 at the Big East tournament um you have the most famous steal that wasn't uh, at the okay. very end of that Gonzaga game you rotated over and you got a steal right on the baseline that was basically going to clinch the game. You guys were ahead. Um, they were going to have to foul, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. you were called for stepping on the end line, for being out of bounds.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, in 2-3, in you have your, your rotations and you have your um, stuff that, that in your position, those are spots that you have to get to. And that is a rotation that we – At Syracuse, work on almost every day. Um, When that, when you see it go opposite uh, baseline, that other guard, you sprint corner because that's the pass that you have to take away. Um, So when I saw it, um, I knew that I had to get to that corner, which I did, um, and made that play. And then the guy from half court calls me out, um, which I had no idea because once I called it, the guy from Gonzaga, his arms just came down on. On me, and I kind of, and I fall out, and in my head I'm like, "All right, let, let calm down. Let's go knock these foul shots down." And then I look up, and he's pointing the other way, and I was like, "There's, there's absolutely no way," because I remember I looked down at my feet, and I saw my feet were in, um, and I just didn't believe it. So then, then it's like, "All right, let's get a stop. Let's get a stop. Let's get a stop." And then you kind of you move to defense now when you thought you were going to the foul line. Um, so we moved to just get a stop and that's all we really wanted to do. I mean, you're, you're right there. Um, you're seconds away from getting to lead eight um, with another chance. Um, so it just moved on to getting a stop and the entire lot. It makes an unbelievable block at the foul line. Um, and then we get the ball back. I think Tyler gets fouled, makes the foul shots. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I would have loved to, to go down, make those foul shots, move on to the next round um be the guy play out that way um but I'm glad I made that rotation GMAC would have been uh really really mad at me if I did not so <laughs> so that, you know, that, that, later, that's for next.
0: the next round you see a familiar foe you play Virginia and you guys are down you're down big at half and this is Tony Bennett the pack line defense comebacks don't happen against Virginia if you're going to beat Virginia mm-hmm. you pretty much have to have the lead and stay with them, what was the mood like at halftime and what exactly did Jim Bayhawk say? Uh,
1: Virginia was a team that we just did not – we could not figure out. Um, they would come up to the dome, they'd kick our ass. We'd go down to Virginia, they'd kick our ass again. Um, we just could not figure them out. They'd slow it up. They'd make us work on defense. They were, uh, they were, they were a good defensive team. They played slow. Um, they were they had a great group. Uh, in. Um, they were tough to play against. Um, and you, you get to that spot, and I'm like, all right, well, we can definitely get them here. Here we are. Um, and then you go in the halftime, and you're down 20. And I remember sitting in halftime and just looking around, and it was just kind of like, man, like this team has just got our number. We're down 20. We've made a good run here. Um, and and Beheim came in, and uh, he was like, this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to slowly get back into it. We're on defense, um, and then we're going to press, and we're going to press early. And that's what he said, and um, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, we were able to ch- chip away at it a little bit, and then I think we started the press with like 12 minutes. It was, I mean, normally we, we, we press on. Or six minutes under four type of thing um, but to scramble that early was not something that we would normally do um, but I mean that press has worked for us um, in the past and, and during that year it worked for us a couple times um, so we just wanted to speed them up and it, looking back and looking back at some of the stats that came from that game where I mean I think Tony Bennett and Virginia were like something and you know, when leading at at the half by a certain amount, um, they don't have certain turnovers, and we did all of that to them. Um, and we were able to to make some shots. And then next, thing you know, I remember I was so exhausted because uh, we were just pressing the whole entire time. And I remember like looking up at the scoreboard, being like, "Oh my God, we're we're a couple possessions from being back in this." Uh, and then Malachi makes a couple shots and. Next, you know, you have the lead, but I remember we—I think we got the lead with like seven or eight minutes. Like we were kind of back into it, and there was—that's a lot of time, um, right. and we, and we were able to 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 stay with it. Um, it was it was an unbelievable game, one of the better games that I've ever been a part of. Um, to be down that much to a number one seed and a team that you've never beat, um, and to come back and and beat them—I mean, it was it was unbelievable, especially the way that we did it.
0: Is that the most memorable game in your Syracuse career?
1: Uh, I would say so, yeah. Um, just to, to beat that, that talented of a, of a team, um, down 20 at half, um, just to come back in the way that we did. And, it, and it, took, it took effort from everyone, really. I mean, everyone made plays, offensive and defensive plays, um, to, to really do it for us.
0: Well, I got to tell you, it's one of the most memorable games I've ever covered. And uh, it was pretty amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the Malachi Richardson three-pointer over Malcolm Brogdon that uh, happened right in front of where I was sitting when Malachi rings the ball up and Malcolm actually got his hand on the ball. But Ma- mm-hmm. Malachi kept kept a hold of it somehow and, and made the shot, made a three after having the ball hit on the way up. I don't know how you do that as a shooter.
1: Mm-mm. It was a hell of a game. It was. I mean, Malachi was someone that, that, that we trusted and, and had a lot of confidence in, and he had a lot of confidence in himself to, to go out and make plays, and he had games where he would go out and score and, and shoot the ball well. Um, so we, none of us were, were too surprised by the way that he played that game. Um, but, yeah, he, he made some unbelievable shots and some unbelievable plays um, to, to get us back in.
0: Before we wrap it up here, What are you up to these days?
1: Um, So I am, um, I'm back home in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I've been back for the last couple of years. Um, I was overseas for two years and and I came back and I just was not sure if I wanted to to head back over and and continue to play. Um, So I started looking for jobs elsewhere. I am always been big into development and real estate, and that led me to a Bacchini uh, and Group, which is a uh, a big development group within Wilmington, Delaware. Um, they have a lot of properties and a lot of projects um, all over the state, um, within and also uh, in Jersey, New York, Maryland. Um, so it led me to that. Um, I I got an interview with them, and then they told me about uh, one of their new projects that they had tied in with the 76ers. Um, and it is the 76ers field house they were building in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, so they were looking for a a team to help run that building. Um, and I kind of fit what they were looking for in terms of, I had a basketball background, um, younger guy in sports. Um, so they offer me a job where um, my job here at the field house is events and programming um, for the courts part. So my job is to keep our arena and our courts busy throughout the year. Um, and then we have our tenants within the building. Um, and I kind of look after the Bluecoats, who are the, the the Sixers team. So they um, practice, they have their offices in our building and have all their home games here. Um, so, that, that is what I am up to. Um, obviously, being in sports, as you know, is not the greatest uh, industry right now. Um, yeah. But we're, we're staying busy. Um, it's definitely uh, tough times with the different state restrictions um, that are on. So um, we can't do everything that we have done in the past. Um, and the G League is not playing right now. So uh, the Blue Coats are not in and um, not playing, um, which is tough. But um, we're staying busy with, uh, with youth leagues and youth development stuff on all different sports. Um, so it, it's, been, it's been good, been uh, an interesting um, last nine, ten months, um, but hanging in there. Well,
0: good. Uh, please do continue to hang in and stay safe and everything, Absolutely. but uh, listen, man, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. It, it's great to, to just kind of catch up with you. It's been a little while.
1: Absolutely, man. You're you're definitely one of my favorite up there. Um, so so it's great to stay in touch with you.
0: Well, listen, uh, you be good, and thanks again for uh, joining me on the podcast.
1: Absolutely, Mike. Thank you, man.
0: I want to thank Trevor for joining me on the podcast today, and thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, and follow all the Syracuse basketball action this season with our complete coverage on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.